second Kings chapter 6 verse 8 now the king of Aram was at war with Israel and after conferring with his officers he said I will set up my camp in such and such place the man of God sent word to the king of Israel beware of that place that passing place because the Arameans are going down there so the king of Israel checked on that place indicated by the man of God time and time again Elijah warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places this enraged the king of Aram he summoned his officers and demanded of them will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel none of us my lord the king said one of his officers but Elijah the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words that you speak in your bedroom that's scary go find out where he is the king ordered so I can send the men to capture him the report came back he is in Dothan then he sent horses and chariots and strong forces there and they went out by night and surrounded the city when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city oh my Lord what shall we do the servant asked don't be afraid the prophet answered those who are with us are more than those that are with them and Elijah prayed oh Lord open his eyes that he may see this morning I want to talk about the supernatural now I want to tell you that when a pastor starts talking about the supernatural people start to get afraid they get spooked a little bit but there's nothing to be afraid about because here in this scripture the prophet says oh Lord open the eyes of your people that they might see that there are more for us than against us everybody say if God is for me who can be against me now in this story we find the man of God the prophet of God he was just a human being he didn't have any special powers he was just simply a human being who knew how to tap into the supernatural realm who knew how to tap into the spiritual realm who knew how to hear the voice of God who knew how to walk in the gifts of the Spirit somebody say amen and the Bible says that when the king of Aaron would set up an encampment to go against the people of Israel that God would speak and the man of God could hear exactly what God was saying to him he could even hear what the king was saying because he was in a supernatural realm he was in the spirit realm and the truth is in the next couple of weeks I'm praying that each and every one of us will understand the spirit world all around us you see the spirit world is as real as the world that we see the physical world when we go to the beach when we go to different places and we see the beautiful things all around us we can feel it we can smell it we can sense it we can taste it we can hear it with our physical senses but God he wants his people to learn how to hear the voice of the Spirit Jesus said those who worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth somebody say amen 
And so my prayer for you in the next couple of weeks is that you will be able to discern the spiritual realm. That you will be able to see the spiritual realm. Jesus said this. He said, don't store up your treasures in this physical world. Why? Because this world is passing away. And we cannot put our hope and our trust in this physical world because it's going to rust away. Jesus said, but store up your treasures in heaven where moth or rust or thieves cannot break in and to steal. The kingdom of heaven is as real as the kingdom of these worlds. And somebody say amen this morning because I want you to know this morning that God wants you to tap into that world. God wants you to tap into the power of the spiritual world. I'm talking about the godly kingdom spiritual world. You see, there's a lot of people that are tapping into the wrong spiritual world. Did you know that today more people are spiritual than they were 10 years ago? More people are spiritual today than they were 20 years ago or 40 years ago or 50 years ago. But you see, the truth is they're not tapping into the real spirit. See, people want to see change in their life. People want to see the supernatural. And unfortunately, the devil is coming as an angel of light. And they're helping people to cross over to the wrong side. They're helping people tap into the spiritual world. You know, there is the new age movement that is very real. And in the beginning, they'll pull people into that movement and it'll seem very peaceful. It'll seem like things are going well in their life, but it's a trick from the enemy. It's a trick from the angel of, uh, the Bible says the devil comes as an angel of light. So he is the angel of darkness, but he disguises himself as the angel of light. And when he's got you in his grips, he will not let you go. Friends, let me tell you, the spiritual world is a real world. It's just as real as the physical world. Paul the Apostle says, because we have this kingdom, as Jesus said, the kingdom is in you and the kingdom of God is all around you. He said, so that we have to then learn how to fix our eyes, not on what is temporal, not as what is seen, but fixing our eyes on that that is eternal. And friends, I want you to know that we can learn how to see the spiritual world. We can learn how to see the movement, the hand of God. We can learn how to see the kingdom of God. In fact, Jesus said, unless the man is born again by the Spirit, he cannot, listen to me, he cannot enter into this spiritual world. You see, you just can't go to church and enter into the spiritual world. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people who go to church on Sunday morning, but they have not been able to tap into God's kingdom. There's a lot of people that read the Bible, but they have not been able to tap into God's kingdom. It's only when a man is born of the Spirit. And I want to encourage you. I have a foundations class that I am teaching every Wednesday night. And we're not going to be doing it this Wednesday, but we're going to do it the following Wednesday. And we want to encourage all of you to come out to the foundations class. And we're going to talk in depth about what it means to be spiritual. What it means to be born again by the power of the Spirit of God. But Jesus says you cannot enter into that kingdom unless the Spirit of God lives inside of you. Unless the Spirit of God awakens your spirit because he is a spirit. Spirit and those who worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth. But notice he also says that unless the man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the working of God. 
Hey, listen, I grew up in this church since I was six years old. And I couldn't see the kingdom of God until I was 19 years old. And I said, God, I don't want to be religious anymore. I want a relationship with you. And the Spirit of God came into my life. And then as I began to read the Bible, the kingdom of God came alive. The, the, the shackles that were on my hands, the blinders that were on my eyes were taken away. And now I could see the kingdom of God. I want you to be able to see the kingdom of God all around you. See, Elijah prayed for a servant. Open his eyes so that he can see what really is there. Why? Because the truth is, if we can't see the spiritual world, we're going to be paralyzed by fear. Listen to me. If we can't see that there's more for us than against us, that God is with us wherever we go, then we're going to be paralyzed by fear. Why? Because this world is a scary place. Somebody turn around and say, you're the funniest looking person I've ever seen, and sometimes you look scary. How often we can get paralyzed by fear because we can only see the physical world. We can only see the problems that are before us. We can only see the difficulties. We can only see the bills piling up. We can only see a sick person that we are praying for, but we can only see sickness, but we can't see healing. We can only see darkness. We can't see light. We can only see problems, but we can't see the God that can solve the problem. Somebody say amen. You know, but there are angels all around us. And I believe with all my heart that there are angels that are protecting me every day of my life. Because if there were not angels protecting me every day of my life, the devil would have took me out a long time ago. He hates my guts and I really don't care. He despises what I do. He despises that I preach the gospel. He despises that I reach the lost. He despises that I proclaim the goodness of the Lord. And if he could have taken me out, he would have done it a long time ago. And he despises you. And if he could have taken you out, he would have done it a long time ago. He wants you out of this world. You're better in heaven to him than you are on earth because you're dangerous to him on earth. But there have been times when an angel of the Lord protected me. I remember one time I was in Bible school. And we used to get up early in the morning to pray. And I used to pray with my buddy. And we used to get up early in the morning every day. We had a pact with one another that we would hold each other accountable. You need somebody like that in your life. And, and, and we would hold each other accountable. And so one, one morning I got up and we were praying early in the morning. And he said to me, he said, Steve, I don't know why. He says, but I get this feeling that, that I just need to tell you this. He said, I don't want to scare you. But he said, but be careful today. I just sense like the enemy, that somebody wants to take you out. I said, you know what? I'm covered by the blood. And I got in my car that day and I was driving Dr. Michael Brown to somewhere. He had asked me to drive him. And I tell you, it was amazing how the Lord showed me his protection. We were driving. It was raining out. And a car came out of nowhere. And the car almost hit me by this much. And it was like the angel just kind of pushed the car over like that. And God was showing me that there was an angel there protecting me. Now, I don't want to get really spooky on you, but I have seen an angel one time in my life. I remember when I was 19 years old and I was going to sleep one night and I was just like, God, reveal yourself to me. I'll never forget that day. It is as bright and, and real today than ever before. I was sleeping in my bed and, I, you know, I was just dozing off. And all of a sudden I saw this bright light to the left.
And I saw an angel coming towards my bed, and then it just faded away. And I said, thank you, Lord God, for that, just that revelation for that moment. Now, you might say, you know, that was just a crazy thing. You ate pizza at the wrong time of the day, you know, whatever. But let me tell you, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that that was just God showing me the spiritual world. My friend, God's kingdom is as real as everything that you see around us. And the enemy's kingdom is just as real. That's why Paul the Apostle says in Ephesians chapter 6, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness in this world and in the world that is unseen. Come on, somebody, say amen. He says, your, your, your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against, listen, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So Paul says, number one, yeah, we're fighting against the philosophies of this world and the things that are in this dark world. He said, but it goes even a step further than that. He says, there are forces in the heavenly realms that we are wrestling against. There is a real spiritual world all around us. And why is it so important to be conscious of this world? Some people say, even if there's a spiritual world, I just want to ignore it. Some people just say, you know what, I just want to avoid any contact with that world. Just, you know, I don't want to get too close to the spiritual world. If I don't go near it, it won't affect me. If I don't go near it, it can't hurt me. It can't alter my life. But that's not simply true, my friend. You see, the truth is you can ignore the spiritual world, but the spiritual world is not ignoring you. You could try to avoid the spiritual world, but the spiritual void world is not avoiding you. The truth is your world and the spiritual world collides every day of your life. You might not sense it. You might not see it with your physical eyes. But every day, the spiritual world and the physical world collide with one another. And your world and the spiritual world are interdependent on each other. Your world and the spiritual world are intermeshed with each other. You cannot separate the physical world and the spiritual world. And whether we like it or not, the spiritual world has a direct effect on the natural world. Whether we like it or not, the spiritual world has a natural effect on this world. That's why Paul the Apostle tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, I want you to write this down in your notes. For though we live in this world, for though we live in this world, we do not wage war as this world does. The weapons we fight with are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. So the Christian cannot fight with the weapons of this world. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to deal with everything in our life from a very natural physical realm. And that's why we're having so many problems. Because we cannot see the unseen world that is pulling against us, that is trying to pull apart our family, that is trying to destroy our family. Now, let, let me tell you, there is the flesh. There is this flesh. There is the old way of thinking. And let me, let me tell you now, not everything is a demon behind a rock. Because I know some Christians that go way out there and everything is a demon. 
You know, if you lust after a woman, it's a demon of lust. If, if you're smoking, well, it's a demon of smoking, you know, and this and on and on and on. If you gossip, it's a demon of gossip. Let me tell you, yes, I do believe that the enemy is in all of those things. And a lot of times he just says, amen, just keep on destroying yourself. So we have to deal with the physical realm and we have to deal with the old nature and we have to deal with the flesh. But there are times, let me tell you, I know that this is not an assault of my flesh. This is an attack from the enemy. There have been times in my family, there have been times in my own life when I begin to recognize this is just, you know, in the beginning I'm thinking, you know, this could be the flesh. In the beginning, this could be just somebody who doesn't like me. And then as it gets deeper and stronger and intensifies, I realize, you know what, this is not just a physical thing. This is not just in the flesh. This is something that is spiritual. And I can only fight this with prayer and fasting. You know, Jesus comes down from the mountain of transfiguration and his disciples say, why can't we deal with this person? And Jesus said, because this one, guys, this is not just a physical thing. This is a very demonic thing. This is a spiritual thing. And this kind does not come out. You cannot deal with this on the physical realm. You have to deal with it on the spiritual realm. This only comes out with prayer and with fasting. The spiritual weapons of our warfare. And why is it so important to understand to be conscious of the spiritual world. Because number one, we need to know, write this down, I need to know who my real enemy is. I need to know who my real enemy is. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says this, listen. Be controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, everybody say the devil's my enemy. Peter says, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He wants to devour you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your children. And so Peter says, be alert. Be self-controlled. Wake up, he said. Resist him standing firm in the faith. Because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of spiritual warfare. The same kind of suffering. So our real enemy is not the person that we don't get along with. Sickness and disease is not our real enemy. Death is not our real enemy. Our enemy is Satan. Our enemy is the devil. And we keep on fighting the wrong enemies and we keep on getting the same results. Now I'm not suggesting that Satan causes everything that goes wrong in this world. And like I said before, sometimes it's the flesh. But all too often, we've got to look deeper and we've got to understand and we've got to be discerning. That's why the Spirit of God comes to give us the spirit of discernment to understand. You know, Paul the Apostle says that the Spirit of God has given to the church the spirit of discernment. Why? Because the spirit of discernment is a gift to many believers so that they can understand what spirit does this come from? Do you remember when Paul was preaching the gospel and there was a young slave woman who kept on following him and following him and she kept on crying out, listen to this man. He's a man of God and he serves the most high God. You think, wow, that's pretty good PR. That's pretty good, you know, that's pretty good advertisement. And after a few days, Paul turns around and says, knock it off and cast the demon out of her. Wow, what happened there? He understood, he was able to discern that this woman, even though she was saying the right thing, she was demon-possessed. And so there is the spirit of discernment where we can tell what spirit 
What's, what, what spirit is behind what's going on? So what does the devil do? We're going to talk about that in the next coming weeks. And I want, you, I want you to really stay plugged in. We're going to teach the word in the next couple of weeks. And I want you to stay plugged in. But we're going to talk about, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare and how do we deal with spiritual warfare. We're going to talk about angels and demons. We're going to talk about miracles. We're going to talk about how God wants you to have a miracle in your life, how you can tap into miracle working power in your life. And we're we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about how to be naturally supernatural, how to naturally be supernatural in our life. So don't miss one of the sermons in the next couple of weeks. But what does the devil do? Write this down. Number one, he blinds the mind of the unbeliever. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. And so you, the truth is that, that your unbelieving relatives, they're blinded. They cannot see. They're blinded. They're blinded by their sin, and they're blinded by the enemy. He's blinded them to the truth. That's why you have to pray. That's why you have to intercede. That's why you have to fast for your loved ones, because they need a spiritual stronghold to be broken in their life. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And what's a stronghold? A stronghold is a thought that turns into a way of thinking. And there are a lot of people that have a way of thinking that's so warped. You sit down with an unbeliever and they just can't see it. And you say, man, why can't you see it? Why can't you understand that God loves you? Why can't you understand that Jesus was the one who died for your sins? He paid the price. It's so easy. It's a gift. And they don't want it. It's good for you, but I don't want it. They can go to church. They can be religious. You can even tell them it's right there in the Scripture. It's right in the Bible. You can read it to them and they can't see it. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbeliever. I'm, I'm reminded of Mark chapter 8, verse 22. It said, and then Jesus came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man, and they begged Jesus to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus says, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, and they look like trees all around me. Wow, what is that saying there? Is that saying that Jesus didn't have power to heal this man? Does it say that Jesus' power was kind of off? He didn't have his Wheaties that day? You know, he just didn't have enough power to heal them. He needed to do it again? No. This is a, a symbolic story of what happens in people's lives, that they're blinded. And when they come to Jesus, God's word begins to open their eyes. And so often it's a process of discipleship in people's lives where they can see as they get a touch from God and another touch from God and another word from God and another word from the scripture, their eyes begin to open more and more and more to the reality of the kingdom of God all around them. Number two, he steals the word from us. He steals the word from you. How does he steal the word from you? You know, there are people who come to the church and they sit and they listen to sermons and they can't understand them. You know, let me be honest with you. You might be here today and you're just totally uninterested in what I've got to say. Or perhaps you can't understand what I'm saying right now. You know, the Bible says when the word of God is sown, it's like a seed that's sown into the hearts of people. 
But when that heart is so hardened, the Bible says that the enemy comes immediately and steals the word. That's why you can have people that you love come to church. You can have family members come. That's why we have to intercede. You know, we have a lot of times we have baby dedications and we've got special events and, and family are invited to come to the church and, and you go, oh, I pray to God that today they'll give their lives to Jesus. And we see a lot of them give their lives to Jesus. And we see many of them that don't. You know why? Because the word is being stolen. As it's being sown, it's being stolen from their heart. They can't even understand. They walk out of the church and they haven't really heard. That's why Jesus said, if you have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. And so the attitude of their heart is going to determine whether or not Satan's going to be able to steal that word from them. He sets a trap and he ensnares us. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 26 says, And that they will come to their senses, meaning unbelievers, and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Wow. He tempts us. He makes something look really good, and then he ensnares us by temptations. Young person, let me tell you, the enemy's trying to ensnare you. He's trying to trap you. It looks good. It seems like it makes sense in the natural, but he's trying to entrap you and deceive you. And then he fights to stop us. Do you remember Paul the Apostle? He said, I wanted to come to you. He says, I longed to come and preach the word to you, but Satan stopped me. Wow. This is Paul the Apostle, who is admitting that for whatever reason, Satan was able to stop Paul from coming to a certain town to preach the gospel. Wow. So we recognize that he tries to stop us. And then, obviously, he plans to destroy us. Why? Because the Bible says the thief comes to what? To rob. He wants to rob your joy. He wants to rob your dreams. He wants to rob the word from your heart. He wants to steal and kill and destroy your family. That's what he's out to do. Ultimately, he wants to destroy you. But Paul suggests that we fight this spiritual battle with spiritual weaponry. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not physical. But they're mighty to the pulling down of thoughts, precepts, philosophies that are against the knowledge of God. That's what the Bible tells us. The point is we cannot fight against flesh with flesh. And we cannot fight against the spirit with flesh. We must realize that our weapons that God has given us can bring us lasting peace. That the weapons that God has given us can bring us lasting power. It can bring victory. And it must firmly be built on the spiritual disciplines found in the spiritual dimension of our life and beyond. For instance, I want to tell you, prayer is able to penetrate into the spiritual world. Why do we pray? Because prayer is able to penetrate. God has given us the tool of prayer. In fact, if you look at Ephesians chapter 6, he gives us all the armor of God, and then he says, pray always in the Spirit on all occasions. He says, pray without ceasing. Why? Because prayer is our means to tap into the spiritual world. And see, number two, not only should we be aware of the spiritual dimension so that we can understand who our enemy is, but secondly, so that we would understand that our prayers have more power than we could ever think. That our prayers, our supernatural prayers, have more power than we really realize. You see, we just have to see 
that every time we pray, we're tapping into the spiritual world and believe that we are actually, as we're praying, tapping into God's kingdom and what we pray for will come to pass. It might not come to pass immediately, but it will come to pass. I'm reminded of Daniel chapter 10. The Bible says that Daniel was praying for the people of Israel. He saw a very physical situation. Israel was falling apart. And he prayed for his people. And the Bible says that nothing happened when he prayed. The first day he prayed and he fasted, he saw nothing. The second day he prayed and he fasted and he saw nothing. The fourth day, the fifth day, the 20th day, he prayed and he saw nothing. On the 21st day, the Bible says he was in the spirit and he was praying and he saw. He punched, listen to me, he punched a hole into the spiritual realm through prayer and fasting. He would not give in and would not give up. He punched a hole into the spiritual world and the Bible says he saw a vision. The angel came to him and said, Daniel, from the first day that you began to pray, from the first day that you began to fast, from the first day that you used that spiritual weapon of prayer and fasting in the Word, God heard your prayers. He said, but the answer was delayed. Why? He said, because the prince of Persia came against me and we fought for 20 days and on the 21st day I prevailed and here is your answer today. Friend, don't ever forget your prayers availeth much. Hallelujah. The righteous and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much and you might not see it on the first day and you might not see it on the tenth day and you might not see it in the first year or the second year but you got to keep on punching a hole in the spiritual realm and believe God and say God your word says I'm going to get what I prayed for so I'm going to keep on praying there's something happening in the spiritual realm there's something happening in the spiritual world and I'm just going to be here in the physical world taking you at your word I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray until the answer comes. Come on, somebody say amen. Glory to God. God's answer is on its way for you. But you cannot give up. Why? Because Hebrews chapter 11 says, faith is being sure. It's being sure of the things that we hope for in the spirit realm. It's being sure that when I pray, I can see Faith is vision. Faith can envision what there is in the spirit realm. And what is in the spirit realm? God's kingdom. God's storehouse of God's blessing. It's in the spiritual realm. God's storehouse of healing. God's storehouse of deliverance. God's storehouse of giving you what you need when you need it, even though you don't deserve it. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. And certain, listen to me, and certain of what we do not see. And the writer of Hebrews says, and all the great men and women that have gone before us were commended because they were sure of what they hoped for and certain of what they did not see. Abraham was certain there was another kingdom and he pursued God with all of his heart because he knew that God would bless him. By faith, we understand, the Bible says, that the universe was formed at God's spiritual command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Wow, there it is. 
You might not see what's happening in the spirit realm, but God is honoring your prayer every time you pray. God is hearing. The psalmist said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and I, and I cried to my God for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice, from his spiritual temple, from my earthly temple to his spiritual temple. He heard my voice, my cry came before him, and he heard my request. I love this, Psalms 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. God is hearing you right now. You might not see it, but be encouraged. In the spiritual realm, God is hearing you. God is answering. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray, I heard your prayer, and I was sending the answer. It's on its way. The answer is on its way for you. Hallelujah. I said the answer is on its way for you. God is storing up a blessing for you in his spiritual storehouse. I love the story of Cornelius. You know who Cornelius was? <laughs> I'm going to tell you who Cornelius was. Cornelius was an Italian. <laughs> Cornelius was Italian. And the Bible says he was from the Italian regiment. But he was a godly man. And he believed, just like Job believed, just like the ancient men and women of old, he believed that when he prayed, God was storing a blessing up for him. And the Bible says that when the Spirit of God came upon the disciples at the day of Pentecost, it started a revolution of spiritual power and a dynamic that the world had never seen before. And Cornelius, he wanted some of that. And he was praying. And the Bible says one day he gathered his family together and they were praying. And Peter just happened to come to his house. And when Peter was preaching the gospel, the Spirit of God came. But notice what it says. I love what it says in Acts chapter 10, I believe it is. I love this. It says, Cornelius stared at this angel who came and showed him a vision, and he asked, and the angel answers, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering to God. Listen to that. He says, the reason why I'm sending this spiritual dynamite, this spiritual power in your life, is because your prayers and your offerings to the poor, God has seen in the spiritual realm. In his tabernacle, in his temple, he is storing it up. And he's turning the blessing back onto you because you are storing it up in heaven. That's so powerful. Listen to me. We need to learn to see what God sees. In the spirit realm, there is infinite possibilities. I love what Terry Smith says as I bring this to a conclusion. He writes, possibilities are hints from God. Possibilities are are hints from God. They enter our consciousness through the porthole of the spirit and become vision, a thought and an idea. We must pray, make decisions, activate faith, and take action in order for these things to leave the spiritual realm and become physical realities. Wow. We must pray. We must believe. We must see what God sees so that what is secret will be revealed. I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. We speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden 
and that God destined for our glory before time began. None, listen to me, none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, listen, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God is preparing for those who love him. But God, listen to me, but God, look at me. God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men know the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit that is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. That is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in a spiritual world or spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to them, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any judgment. For who has known, listen to me, who has seen, who has heard, who has discerned, and who has perceived the mind of God, but we have the mind of Christ. Wow, what's, what great truths. Before time began, listen to me, God had a secret about you and I. Before the creation of the world, God had possibilities for you and I. And the Bible tells us that we can only see those possibilities become realities when we tap into the spiritual world. Eye has not seen. God only reveals these things by His Spirit in the supernatural world. And lastly, you may be here today and you say, Pastor Steve, to be honest with you, man, I, I'm going through some very hard times in my life and I feel like I'm alone, like I'm going through this all by myself. You see, the reason why you need to know and be totally convinced that there is a spiritual world is because I want you to know you're never alone. Let me say that again. You're just never alone. You see, the truth is that, that, that Elijah prayed for that servant. He said, God, my servant is seeing all of those warriors around my home. And he's getting paralyzed by fear. And he's crying out, what are we going to do, Elijah? What are we going to do? And Elijah says, God, open his eyes that he might see that there's more with us than against us. That God, you are with us. I close with one more story in the Bible. King Jehoshaphat was a godly king. There wasn't a whole lot of them in Israel, but he was a godly king, and he loved the Lord. And the Bible says that, that another king came against the king of Israel. And they had multitude, multitude of warriors. And they were marching against the people of Israel. And Jehoshaphat did the right thing. 
the Bible says he went into the temple and he got on his knees and he began to pray and he began to cry out to the Lord and he said God I don't know what to do God he said God there's so many against us God there's no way that we can defeat them in the physical realm he said but my eye is on you God and the Bible says shortly after that the prophet of God the man of God came and he said to Jehoshaphat he said Jehoshaphat go against the armies that are coming against you he said because the battle it does not belong to you it belongs to the Lord for the Lord your God is with you and if God is for you who can be against you friend let me just tell you you're never alone you might be laying in the hospital bed but you're never alone you may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death today but you're never alone you may face a mountain you may face a battle you may be in spiritual warfare right now but let me tell you this you may not see him with your physical eyes but Jesus promises you he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you you're never alone because there is a spiritual world there is the supernatural world and there is the kingdom of God and that kingdom is just as real as the kingdoms of this world let's pray Father, we thank you this morning, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the supernatural world, God. We thank you, Lord, that we're never alone, God. Lord, we thank you today, God, that all we have to do is believe, God, that our prayers are more powerful than we ever imagined. And God, I pray for anyone in this room right now who's not born again. They've never come to know Christ as their Savior. God, I pray for those that are Christians, Lord, who feel alone. God, help them to know that they're never alone. Help them to see into the spiritual world and see they're never alone. And God, right now, I pray that you would begin to do your work, the work of the Spirit, God. Lord, a work that I can never do, God. Lord, I'm just your mouthpiece, God. I'm just physical, God. But the Spirit of God that lives inside of us can do the work that no human being can do, Father. So we ask you to begin to move right now by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. I just want to take a few moments to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to move in this place. Just raise your hands and just say, Father, open my eyes. Father, open my eyes. Lord, make me discerning of the spirit world, God. Lord, help me to see, Lord, there's more for me than against me, Lord, God. Help me to walk in the spirit, Lord. Help me to tap into the supernatural realm of the spirit, God. Help me to tap into your kingdom, God. I just want to tell you, if you need healing today in your body, in the supernatural world, there's healing. I have seen it with my own eyes. If you need Jesus to lift that burden, that depression, that anxiety in the spirit world, God can do anything.
the possibilities are endless and infinite in the spirit world. How do you get into the spirit world? How do you tap into the spirit world? Well, let me tell you, number one, you have to be born again. Jesus said you can't see the kingdom of God until you're born again. What does it mean to be born again? It means that, that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. It means that the Holy Spirit awakens your spirit so that you might see the kingdom of God. You might understand and enjoy the kingdom of God. The thief comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. That's eternal life. He's come to breathe on you the breath of eternal life. Jesus said, you see the wind blowing, but you don't understand. You can't see it, but you see the effects of that wind blowing. So it is with the Spirit and everyone who was born of the Spirit. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing. It's not a religious thing. It's a personal relationship with God. You say, Pastor, I've never accepted Christ in my heart. Or, I don't know if I die today, I'd go to heaven. And I need Jesus to do a work in my heart. I, I don't want to be religious. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to enter into the kingdom of God. I want you to raise your hand. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Anybody else? I want Jesus to forgive me of my sins and come into my life. Just raise your hands right now. Say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I want you to raise your hand. Anybody else in this place? Anybody else in this place? Praise God. If you raised your hand, I'm going to ask you when we all stand together, we have some altar workers, and they want to give you the information so that you can start your journey in this spiritual walk. Now, you might not have raised your hand, but you know that you need the information to start your journey. You need prayer for whatever reason, for whatever purpose. I'm going to ask the altar workers to come right now, along with the pastors. And here's what we're going to do today. We're going to let the Spirit work. We're going to give time for the Holy Spirit to work today. You may need a miracle in your life. You may need a healing in your body. You may need to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Each week, for the next several weeks, we're going to open up the altar. We're going to let the Holy Spirit work. We're going to let the Spirit of God touch our lives. But I'd like everybody to stand right now. And all the workers come, pastors come. Amen. I need uh, Pastor, Pastor Jared, Pastor Jimmy, stand right here. Stand right here. Right here. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to pray for you. And any one, of, any one of these folks right here can pray for you. Not just the pastors. Friends, we got to get away from that. Because the Holy Spirit lives in every one of these people right here. And the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in them. And these same people can pray and, and you could see healing in your life. You know the truth is, you probably want to get prayed from one of them and not me because my mind's on a whole lot of other things right now. But God wants to touch you right now. God wants to heal you. God wants to do a work in your life. Whatever it is. And you might say, you know what, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to start believing. I'm going to start saying, I'm going to be more in tune. Now listen, I don't want to cause fear in your life. You, you do not have to worry about the kingdom of darkness. Got it? We do not live in fear. We have not received the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. You don't have to be afraid of the kingdom of darkness. You have to be aware of it. You have to be aware of the tactics and schemes of the enemy, but you cannot be afraid. You must not be afraid because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? Amen. But I, what I want you to be aware of today is the kingdom of God. 
I want you to be aware that the kingdom of God is available to you. That healing and deliverance, that everything that God has in his kingdom is absolutely at your disposal today. You just got to make it so. You got to make it so by claiming it, by believing it, and standing on God's word and tapping in it through prayer. So we believe in the power of prayer. You know, there was a study that was performed by a group of scientists and, and, and doctors. And they put five people in a hospital room that were, 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 were sick. And they didn't pray for them at all. They would not pray for them. They, they, they denied them prayer. And then they took another five people and they prayed for them every day. Do you know the people that were prayed for recovered faster and did much better? Why? Because there's power in prayer. Come on, somebody. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. So if you raised your hand today and you said, I like Jesus Christ to be my Savior, my Lord, I'm not certain that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I'd like you to step out of your seat right now and meet one of these altar workers. Come right now. If you raised your hand, you said, I need prayer. Come on out right now. Anybody? I know a couple of you raised your hand. You just come out. We want to pray for you. If you're kind of shy, well, then when we call everybody else up, come to one of these workers and say, I raised my hand to accept Christ. And they're going to pray for you and give you what you need. But today, I want to open up the altars. If you have a need today, whatever it is, if you just want to become more open to the spirit world, and to God's kingdom today. I want you to step out of your seat right now and come forward. We want to pray for you. Whatever your need is, whatever the situation is, come on out right now. Come on, come on, come on. Let's let the Holy Spirit work. Come on, come on. Let's just let the Holy Spirit work. If you have a need, these altar workers want to pray for you. The pastors want to pray for you. Come on, 